This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Annie Fry Show is brought to you by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. What do you want from me? I'm not a married sweetheart. For the sake, kid, keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not married sweetheart. This is the Annie Fry Show. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Annie Fright Show. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Starting to rain outside here in downtown St. Louis. Or maybe it stopped. I can't. We left the window shades open. We never do that. It's very gloomy out and it's not as cold as it could be. So if you're out and about right now catching lunch and uh, you got the Annie Fry Show on your radio, thank you for doing that and for uh, joining us. I, I am very interested in the repetition of people who I see coming out and talking about their willingness to, I don't even want to say consider Donald Trump as somebody they'd vote for, but their openness to maybe think the name Donald Trump without having to go into a fit of rage. Chris Cuomo added now to the list. If it's Biden, Trump, look, for me, again, um, we survived a Trump administration. Uh, Would we survive another one? Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially, I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. Chris Cuomo says existentially he's not afraid of a Trump presidency. This is kind of like the first step, I think. Now, the question is, are people coming out of the woodwork right now to say, yeah, I'd consider it. Yesterday we had, um, what's his name, Mar- Matt, Mark Fisher, something Fisher from Mark, Mark Fisher, yes, uh, from the Black Lives Matter Rhode Island chapter come out and say, 
I'm, you know, the Democrat Party is not for us. And I am going to vote for Donald Trump now. I was like, what? What did you think about, Brad, the Donald Trump truth social post that was very grateful for the support of BLM? I was, I don't know what the right word is for that. Um, Shocked, confused a little bit. But, like, he doesn't have the support of all BLM, right? Well, I don't think Fisher supports BLM. No. See, here's the thing. Everything that we are consuming, especially if you are somebody who is just an absolute glutton for punishment and you are on Twitter and you communicate through Twitter, you read all this stuff, you have to take everything through the lens of a primary election season and eventually a general election season. I don't think I could be completely wrong about this because I don't sit here and wait for Donald Trump to truth Again and again and again. In fact, I sit on Twitter and I I look at TikToks on Twitter. I look at true social posts on Twitter. Um, I just, that's where, that's the aggregate for me. I don't think that Donald Trump was actually claiming to have Black Lives Matter support. I think Donald Trump, when he said in his true social post, after this Fisher guy Support gave gave his support. We talked about that yesterday with Jory Murdoch. This is what Trump put on his true social. Spoke with Mark Fisher yesterday. Great guy. Very honored to have his and BLM's support. I have done more for black people than any other president. In parentheses, Lincoln question mark. <laughs> Including tenure funding for historically black colleges and universities. Where they had none. Opportunity zones, criminal justice reform, and much more. Thank you to Mark. Um, the facts that are listed in that true social post, the HBCU funding, they were very grateful for that. They were very thankful to the president at, at that time for my recollection of that story was they were always funded. They were never unfunded, but there was always like a three year rotating revolving door where they kept having to come back and ask, can we please be funded again? Can we please be funded again? And Donald Trump said, this is silly. Why don't I just fund you for 10 years instead of making you come back? And I think Donald Trump's words were come back and beg for more with such frequency. So he did make a difference there. That's factual. Uh, Opportunity zones. Incredible. Criminal justice reform. Many people in the black community were happy with the way that Donald Trump was addressing criminal justice reform. When Donald Trump puts on true social that he's very honored to have Mark Fisher and BLM support, I think he's just trolling. I don't think he actually is out there saying that he's happy to have Black Lives Matter support. And as somebody who personally, I am a big Ron DeSantis fan and I would love to see him be the president the DeSantis camp, especially the the Nikki Haley camp, probably. I don't really know a ton of people who are like super in the Nikki Haley mm. camp. I, I know a lot of people who are would love to have her be the president. A lot of them are people who are voters who go on both sides of the aisle, who know that Joe Biden's not the answer to the future. I don't think that Donald Trump is out there actually claiming to have the actual support of Black Lives Matter. I think this is an opportunity to wedge himself in the crack that has already been made by Mark Fisher, who is associated with Black Lives Matter, to 
just poke his head into the Black Lives Matter room and being like, hey, guys, I'm still here. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then, of course, the people who are running for office, uh, the primary, in to be the nominee for the Republican Party, jump on the bandwagon and, and freak out about it. I don't think it's... I don't think that Donald Trump has aligned himself with Black Lives Matter oh, here, no. the way some people are trying to position this. I don't know that Donald Trump aligns himself with anything other than Donald Trump. So I don't know, like, he doesn't just change his post or change his mind. He basically says, see, all these people support me and you should line up with me. Mm-hmm. And so what he's trying to say in that post is, is that they're lining up with me now, not Joe Biden. Let's listen to more of what Chris Cuomo had to say. We survived the Russia thing. We survived January 6th. We survived having Biden as a gaffe machine. We survived uh, Congress uh, going after each other and doing nothing for the rest of us. We survived these things. Are we better for it? No. Uh, Should we be doing things differently? Yes. I think it happens. I don't know when. I don't even know why. But, you know, in terms of who I'm going to vote for, I would really have to see where we are at that moment in time. Uh, and So you're open to a Trump vote. I am always open. And I'll tell you this. People say, oh, bull****, you've never voted for a Republican in your life. Wrong. And not only have I, the first vote I ever cast was for a Republican. I, will, will the real Chris Cuomo please stand up? <laughs> I give. I, I'm tapping out here. What what Chris Cuomo is doing here is speaking in a principled way. Now, if at, when he was at CNN, it behooved Chris Cuomo to speak with the arrogant nature with which he spoke on so many different issues from a very far leftist position. And now he just seems to be a little more uh, like the rest of America, which is. You know, I kind of think this way about these things and I think that way about those things, but I'm not going to I'm not going to lose my mind about this and if if the guy who wins is maybe not the guy I want, I don't think that the the world is going to end. That's the antithesis of what cable news has been for the past 15-20 years. So maybe maybe there's a, a new motivation, maybe this is really the this is the real Chris Cuomo. I want to I want to know from you folks listening right now, and you can join us on the Annie Fry YouTube channel and comment. I really want to interview Chris Cuomo. What do you think? Are you? What oh, do you think? I think Chris Cuomo would be a phenomenal interview. What happens if we interview him and we really like him? Well, then we have him back. That's right. Don't don't you want to hear that interview? Yeah, I want to hear that interview because. Like what I'm hearing on that Patrick Bet David podcast is that he's thinking more openly now. He's open to more things and he seems to be more less like towing a line or spitting talking points, but just speaking from his own mind and his own own brain. Novel concept. I'm I'm kind of excited to hear it. And I you know, the this is ironically, this is kind of what capitalism is. The more outlets you have in like a media space where it's not just 
MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News who are out there who run the table in cable news. You've got a super far right uh, in Fox News, which is what a lot of people would say. And you've got a super far left in MSNBC. And then you have a pretentious, arrogant, elitist CNN that's like just completely news all the time, but with a left lean bent all of the time. But the arrogance just kind of oozes out of the speaker holes on your television while you're listening to them. And they pretend like it's not happening. Uh, when you have News Nation, when you have Newsmax, o- OAN has a, ch- a channel. Yeah. Freaking Young Turks have a channel <laughs> on my YouTube TV. I don't even know why that exists. I think I went into my YouTube TV and could, you can select what channels that are there for you to scroll. And I think I took them off. So I can't, I can't know that they exist, which I think is a good feature. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear Chris Cuomo on the Annie Fry show? I don't. I mean, there's no guest that I am not willing to doggedly pursue in all avenues, as Brad knows. Yeah, and you've gotten very good at it too. Working on it. Mm-hmm. So Chris Cuomo says, you know, he'd have to consider everything when when the time comes to vote. Would you vote for Donald Trump? Well, I'd have to consider it. That's huge. Listen to Joe Rogan. At this point, they kind of have to run him, unless he dies. I don't, we don't have, we have one year now. We're in- okay, I got to interrupt. Wow. <laughs> Did, really? Wow. Because they're not saying, they're not, it's, it's, it's not as though he has some sort of medical condition that everybody is leaning into and, and hoping that he beats or whatever. It is an age comment. Mm-hmm. Unless he dies. Imagine considering a year out of the next election where you reelect somebody for four years and Joe Rogan, who is maybe one of the most influential people in the entire country or world with his podcast, he has to say something like that. At this point, they kind of have to run him unless he dies. I don't, we don't have, we have one year now. We're in November. We're in late November. We have less than a year. Like what, how, what are they going to do? I mean, you could look if Biden died tomorrow and then what do they do with Kamala Harris? They're going to put her on the moon. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> She's the vice president. So- They're going to put her on the moon. Did we even really land on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good question. What are they going to do with Kamala Harris? The Newsom debate with Ron DeSantis is tonight. And we are airing it live on 97.1, so you can tune in here. I am absolutely going to be watching it after I get done with basketball this evening. But you got to know, first of all, you may not know this detail because you're not a nerd. But since I am, I'll share it with you. Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris hate each other. Impassioned Mm -hmm. hatred. California politics. Always trying to go for the same things and one going here and one going there. One goes to the Senate. One becomes the governor. And now Kamala Harris is the vice president. And now you would have to ask yourself once again, who is next in line to the Democrat throne? Because the DNC likes to operate that way. It's not very American, but yet I said it was the DNC. Who gets it? Who's, Who's got next? Here we are again. Kamala Harris. Gavin Newsom. Those two are going to go at each other like cats and dogs. And I don't even know which one is which. (laughs) Just going to be honest. Who do they have next and how does it actually get implemented? Who knows? I think they have no cards. And they're looking at this this game. And I don't know. I think they're depending upon party loyalty. 
and they're depending upon Trump getting convicted yeah. and arrested. I mean, and and um, uh, imprisoned rather. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think it is. It doesn't seem to. It just seems like it's a bunch of trumped up charges. No pun intended. There is a really, really, really wild eleven and a half months ahead of you and me right now. Moving into the election year, moving into 2024, and knowing the question mark, the biggest question mark of them all is the longevity and health of the man who is the president of the United States right now. Not the guy who's going to be after the 2024 election. The guy who's in there right now is one of the biggest question marks that people have. We have one candidate who might die. We have another candidate who might be in jail. And they both might be on the ballot in November. And I don't know, one of them might win. Gosh, I should ask Hans that. If Joe Biden dies, can he still win the presidency? That's a great question. Because in Missouri, didn't they elect uh, somebody who'd passed away? Mel Carnahan? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and then his wife just took the spot. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's it's wild and it's crazy, which is why we're so grateful that you're here. And 97.1 FM Talk for the next uh, 12 months of your life. This is We're going to hang out together every day from noon to 3. And I'm grateful for every opportunity that you give us to spend some time with you because the news is going to keep coming, like like drinking out of a fire hose. When we come back, Hans von Spakovsky is going to be with us. And we're going to ask him... Um, I'm going to ask him that question just because it kind of came up right now. But what was the other topic? Did you clear the other topic with him? Yeah, uh, about uh, Jack Smith spying on Americans to see who retweeted Trump's. If you liked one of Donald Trump's tweets, if you retweeted one of Donald Trump's tweets, the DOJ got licensed to investigate you. Is that right? How American. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We'll talk to Hans about it when we come back. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Life prosecutor, deranged Jack Smith. That's right, he's deranged. Break into my former Twitter account without informing me and indeed trying to completely hide this atrocity from me. What could he possibly find out that is not already known? We, the people of the United States, more perfect. The only form of our 
perfect union. Heritage legal expert Hans von Spakovsky. Hans, so that's a flashback from Donald Trump talking about Jack Smith saying that he broke into his Twitter account. And now there are reports out that Jack Smith collected info on any American who retweeted or favorited Trump tweets. There are a few people included in that list, Hans. I'm just I'm just astounded by this. I don't know what possible evidence Jack Smith thinks he could get from the very fact that uh, people are simply retweeting or liking something that um, Trump has said. That has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on the charges he's brought against Trump and is an unbelievable violation of, of the rights of of or, uh, ordinary Americans. And I, I think it's another sign, frankly, of um, an abusive prosecutor. And we've already we've already seen that uh, multiple examples of that with, with Jack Smith, including the gag order that, that he wants uh, on Trump. So- can you tell us a little bit about what that might mean? What Jack Smith might—I'm I'm included in that list. I, I favorited or retweeted things Donald Trump has tweeted before. I might have just thought that they were ridiculous and wanted other people to see them. I don't know what might, they, but what might have been in there in Jack Smith's purview to see because I participated in that. Well, that's what I don't understand. I just don't see how it, it, it's relevant to the charges that he has made. Um, I I mean, this is a kind of far-ranging um, discovery by a government prosecutor that's far outside the bounds and the boundaries of what they are supposed to do and are allowed to do. I, 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 I can't answer you, Annie, because I can't see any relevance whatsoever and in him wanting to know, well, who who re- retweeted what the president said? Hmm. When when you hear something like this, for him to collect this kind of information legally, how does Jack Smith, who's a prosecutor, what channels does he have to go through? Who has to rubber stamp this and say, "Yep, go ahead and do it and do that"? Well, normally the judge would would uh, if a subpoena like that is issued. Um, he would have to let the other side know about it. Uh, they then could protest about it. Uh, Twitter, the people uh, receiving the, the social media companies receiving it, can object to the subpoena. I, I mean, look, to, to show people kind of, I mean, here's a parallel situation. In uh, This would be like a prosecutor going after a newspaper and trying to find out who all their subscribers are. <laughs> That's got no relevance whatsoever to to the case. And again, I, I'm just shocked that Jack's. Well, I guess I shouldn't be given his behavior, but I'm shocked that any prosecutor would think that they're entitled to do this. So I want to talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Jack Smith. And I'd, I'd like to know what you think is important for Americans to know about Jack Smith. We know that uh, he's been involved in pursuing Donald Trump and he's he does not seem to be. Uh, I guess very balanced, but he can't just do whatever he wants. There have to be people who are involved in in the system, in the bureaucracy that enable him to continue his pursuit for Donald Trump the way he is. Give us a little precursor, a mini biography on what you think Americans need to know about who Jack Smith is. 
Well, I think the most important thing, most important past history him they ought to know about is a case called uh, McDonald versus U.S. Jack Smith went after the Republican governor of Virginia and his wife uh, prosecuted them uh, trying to make all these claims of bribery and and other violations of federal law. Um, That he got a conviction at a district court level. Uh, the, the governor appealed it, went all the, US, all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court, 9-0, to zero, threw out Jack Smith's convictions and basically said that he was uh, twisting and bending the law to fit, try to f- fit a situation of, uh, you know, um, uh, political behavior, not unusual, normal political behavior, that wasn't contemplated by the statute. So in other words, Jack Smith abused federal law to go after a Republican governor and a unanimous Supreme Court. So even the liberal justices on the court agreed that he had abused the law and gone far beyond what the law uh, uh, entailed. So that tells you a lot. (laughs) That tells you, I think, a lot about what uh, uh, Jack Smith is all about. I, I frankly, after that case, he should have been fired from the Justice Department, but of course he wasn't. If, I mean, the people, the, who has to fire him? Who, who's, whose responsibility is that? Is it the head of the DOJ? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Attorney General. Look, I'll give you another example. Um, this indictment that he has filed He's basically, he's filed it under several federal statutes, but they're all federal fraud statutes. And what, uh, what Smith is claiming is that um, Trump has defrauded the United States. Well, three months before he filed this indictment, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a decision in a, a separate unrelated case interpreting federal fraud statutes. And in that case, the Supreme Court said uh, no one can be prosecuted under federal fraud statutes, any of them, unless they have defrauded someone of money or property. Okay, well, there's no claim here that uh, uh, Donald Trump defrauded anyone of money or property. And so there, there's not even a basis. He's once again abusing federal law, and he, he's doing it right after the Supreme Court said, you, you can't do this in a separate case. One of our listeners brings up the point that Jack Smith also went after Bob Menendez in the trial that ended up in a mistrial I mean, I guess right. suggesting that he is somehow bipartisan or nonpartisan in his pursuits. D- well, does that have any bearing on, on your thoughts on the issue? Uh, what the bearing it has is of, uh, how incompetently he pursued that case. <laughs> he, if, you, if you look at the details of that case, um, he went after Menendez with, uh, look, I'm not defending Menendez, but if you look at the details of the case, uh, he didn't have enough evidence to get a conviction. It's very clear. What, what all of these cases tell you is that um, he's not very competent as a prosecutor. And the Menendez case, the prior one, where he lost, 
I think just helps support support what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe not maybe not as competent as a prosecutor, but maybe very useful uh, in a political bureaucracy. Uh, it seems as though those things tend to go that way. I want to shift gears a little bit here real quick before we have to let you go. I want to play a clip for you from Congressman Goldman from New York. He's a Democrat on Hunter Biden. Well, basically what Chairman Comer is saying is that he and the Republicans don't know how to ask questions. Uh, five minutes is plenty. I ask many questions. I get to the bottom of what I'm trying to do in five minutes. And there are no interruptions in those five minutes. And so ultimately, it's just an admission, uh, not only that they're in capable of conducting a real investigation, but that this particular investigation is all smoke and mirrors. Because if they had actual evidence of wrongdoing connecting Hunter Biden to his father in any way, shape or form, they would be eager to have a public hearing. Hans von Spikowski, all smoke and mirrors with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Hunter Biden coming out saying, yeah, I'll testify, but it needs to be public. What do you make of all this? (laughs) That is that is uh, those (laughs) statements are absurd by him. Look, I've testified at public hearings uh, before Congress, both the Senate and the House. Uh, I've been there to witness them also, besides being a witness. And you you cannot ask the kind of detailed questions you need to get uh, to the bottom of the kind of complex fraud and money laundering that was going on with Hunter Biden in five minutes. So his claim that, oh, yeah, 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 you only need five minutes um, to get answers, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I've never heard of, of a dumber statement. You, you look at a competent cross-examination by a prosecutor uh, uh, in a complex financial fraud case, and there's no way you can get that done in five minutes. I'm sorry, that's just not true. So before I let you go, Hans, the difference between, uh, the way I heard somebody explain it, it might have been Comer, was was saying, you know, listen, we're going to have this private hearing first because we're going to depose him, and we're going to get information if it turns into a public thing after that, uh, then so be it. But what is the difference what is the pursuit of this committee if they're speaking to Hunter Biden privately versus publicly? Why one and not the other? Because in public hearings, each uh, each committee member only has five minutes. And if a uh, witness refuses to answer, um, you don't get more time to go after them. Yeah, yeah, in a private deposition you have lawyers in there who can ask questions for hours mm-hmm. and go after contradictory statements and other problems. You can't do that in a public hearing. That's so that's so basic. That's I mean, that's, yes. that's such a simple reason, because I, I get a lot of people from the left who are like, what are they afraid of? And it's like they're afraid of not actually doing their job, maybe, and having it be a political sideshow, which the Democrats are very, very good at and have implemented uh, January 6th <laughs> hearings in prime time where you hire actual producers for the event. I mean, everybody knows what's going on here, but the actual information you could get and, and achieve with Hunter Biden in private seems to be significantly more than what you would get in public. Yeah, no, I, I think that is absolutely true. Hans, thank you for being with us. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Sure thing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hans von Spikowski is a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, a DOJ lawyer, and author of Our Broken Elections, How the Left Change the Way You Vote. We're going to have another author on at 105. 
Tyrus. We have him on every Thursday, and he's got his new book out. So I'm very excited to talk to him about uh, Nuff Said, which is available now. And I'm curious if any of y'all have read it yet. I have not read Nuff Said, but I did read Just Tyrus, his first book uh, on audiobook. And I'm going to download Nuff Said right now in the break. Don't go away. Wiggins America, when we return. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Wiggins! Oh! Wiggins! What I've got here is an op-ed from Salon that I want to know uh, from the women in the room. It'll be Annie. Why women don't want to date Trump supporters. I'm sure that Salon is right on top of the issue. Uh, they're letting you know. Uh, and in their opinion, it's a good thing that most women don't want to date Trump supporters. They're assuming that that's well, true. Gonna make a really <laughs> well, I'll start. I'll start with their uh, assumptions here, and you can tell me what, whether you think this is true or not. Why women don't want to date Trump supporters? Mm-hmm. I don't even agree with the premise. Well, this is their argument. It's an amusing truth that comes up with regularity. Men who love Donald Trump struggle on the dating market. This is neither surprising. because they're married. <laughs> <laughs> This is neither surprising nor regrettable. Supporting Trump is much like refusing to bathe, blowing your nose in your hands, or farting loudly on purpose. It's a repugnant habit that makes you repulsive to normal people. The whole point of dating and marriage is to find happiness, not to spend the rest of one's days suffering in silence while the racist you live with cackles over Greg Gutfeld's latest hateful diatribe disguised as comedy. Now, it what does, the hell am I supposed to say to that? It does, it does link to a Gutfeld article that uh, does not say any of those things, and it's its own article. Um, but, you know, I, I just am I'm putting it out there because I want you to know what that, that there are people living in such an incredible bubble that they think that, and it goes on to really talk about a Washington Post column by the editorial bo- board that suggested going into Thanksgiving that uh, that people should maybe open up their minds a little bit in those discussions and maybe consider people from different viewpoints. It cites data showing that Democrat voters generally refuse to date Trump voters. And the Post article that they're referring to here, editors argue that people should be more willing to date across party lines 
and learn to appreciate alternative perspectives that may at first seem odd or offensive. Now, in my opinion, the article from the Washington Post actually sounds like it's attempting to bring people together, the country together. But this person is saying absolutely not. It is not possible for a rational person to date a Trump supporter. So the question being, and there's lots of questions that come out of this, of course, but one of them I would like to ask is, is that something that we should be considering more? Not us in the room necessarily, but as a society, should we be considering more that, that people should date across political lines? Is that something that we have put up bars around and said, no, that's not possible? No, only the left does that. Yeah. So, so they're, the, the article is saying that the left should continue to do that. And they, they should. <laughs> that they should not consider dating Trump supporters. If they don't want to, don't put a Trump supporter through that. Yeah, I think it would be worse to date somebody. Like, if you were a Trump supporter, it'd be worse to try to date somebody that thinks about you in that way than it would be to be the person that is dating the Trump supporter that thinks about the Trump supporter in that way. Uh, I hate the fact that people like will look at who you vote for and that's all they need to know about who you are and what you what you are as a person. And don't all you that don't other you stuff. don't you feel like you know something about somebody who would vote for Bernie Sanders? I, I know a few things, but that doesn't mean that I think that. But don't you think that if 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 you were in the dating realm, which you're not, but if if you were looking to date somebody and find someone nice, that you would be principally different if they're like a. Bernie supporter or Bernie Sanders supporter. Well, I think it'd be really hard to build a home around that. So I think that there's no reason why it wouldn't be the same for people. If if your if your life goal is to make sure that somebody today knows how much you hate Donald Trump, you shouldn't date a Trump supporter. That's very true. I don't. It's not complicated. When I started dating, you know, in the late '90s, I guess. Did you ask everyone if they supported Trump? (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I think that I dated more liberal girls than I did conservative girls it just didn't come up as much then. but you when how old were you when you got married i was 25 or 6 and how long did you date katie and, including the time where we had broken up <laughs> uh, about five or six years so you're saying you dated liberal <laughs> girls in their teens <laughs> <laughs> well it's not the same i mean starting in high school yeah but through through college and into my 20s uh i and, and honestly katie at the time was was rather apolitical, but she was a little bit of a free spirit, kind of a hippie, and so she would have leaned left. And I think that that's just so different now. I think in the mid two thousands, talking about politics with somebody—it's a hobby now. It's it's your fifteen pieces of flair that Jennifer Aniston didn't want to wear in in uh, office space. It's it's an accessory now. And for people who want to make it an accessory all the time, be my guest. Put the sign in your yard and all 72 bumper stickers on your car. It's fair warning and like more speech is better speech because now we know. <laughs> yeah, it's really just it's amazing. I, the, the article that I pulled up and oddly I saw them discussing this on one of the panel shows on Fox today. Uh, the, the quotes that are in here really give you a, a look into the mind of somebody who's in this mindset because it's amazing that they would say this. It says, marrying a Trump voter isn't just a matter of minor political differences or expecting someone to be exactly like yourself. For women in particular, it's about being able to be safe and respected inside your own home. As in, you're marrying an abuser if they just support Trump. 74 million people voted for this guy in 2020. 
but you're definitely marrying an abuser if you marry a Trump supporter. It says, for a woman, marrying a Trump supporter isn't about being with someone who has different views on tax rates. It's bringing someone into your home who ascribes to an ideology in which you are not fully human. This is a major publication. It's Salon. Yes, but this is not even the wildest thing that Salon has published right now. It's still amazing to me that there are people in the world who it's their job to think about and write about these things. And there are people reading this and agreeing that if you are a Trump supporter, they're basically saying without saying that you are subhuman. You are so disgusting that you are to be isolated. I don't think that's new. I think that that is actually probably a a fine wine for the left at this point. That the idea that that you are to be discarded with the trash that's that's the MO of the activist left. Not the bureaucrats or the elected officials who manage to get in office and retain power and make money off of it, but the 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 industry. It's an industry. It doesn't surprise me at all. And 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 no 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 person who is a Trump supporter outwardly or inwardly wants to be around that. So I don't. There's no Romeo and Juliet scenario here mm-hmm. where there are star crossed lovers. And we're rooting for him. <laughs> I'm rooting for one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she does talk about that, too. She talks about, well, there's this beauty of the beast fantasy where you're going to you're going to change the brute and all these things. Exactly. That's not love. <laughs> That's yeah. control and manipulation. And yeah. you should stay far away from it, which is why. No, salon, salon, salon readers should date salon readers. <laughs> you, you know, you're right. Just like, let's just, uh, let's say that it's not all, all people on the left. It's not all people on the right. It's really just people who are this impassioned about Donald Trump that it, they view the entire world, including dating through the lens of what it means to either support or They'll not use support their kids Donald props. Trump. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, they're going to use your kids as props if you end up having kids with them. So, no. Yeah. Just let that sleeping dog lie <laughs> right where it is. It's MAGA and it's Fox News. She references those two things a whole lot as if they're the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which in, her, in their mind, they are the exact same thing. So there you go. Last quote. You want to hear the last quote? I just pulled it. I had to. It's cruel on its face to expect women to give up their own happiness in hopes that they can turn a red hat into a better man through patience and love. Trying to get men who already think women are inferior to listen to their liberal views is a joke. Good song. Let's talk to Tyrus when we come back. His book, Nuff Said, now available. Go get it. Order it. Download it. We'll talk to Tyrus about it when we come back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.